You are now listening to the Unconventional Family Podcast, hosted by my mom and dad. The Unconventional Family Podcast is where you're going to learn about our family, family in general, and a whole host of other fun things we like to say around here. Life unconventional, love unconditional. All right then, let's go. How was your day? Oh, are you starting right now? Yeah, it's recording. Okay, what's up, everybody? My day was good. It got cold all of a sudden, though. Bro, all of, all of a sudden the wind started blowing, and it like... And the roosters were crowing. <laughs> and it froze. And that's how I'd be flowing. No, it didn't freeze. How was your dinner tonight? Oh, man. i tell you what, y'all. <laughs> you have, like, you work wife all day. of the year. You work all day. You know, you're just slaving away at your job. You come home and your wife is so kind <laughs> and so prepared. And there is a crock pot and it's got this beautiful chicken and roasted potatoes are in the oven. Rosemary in time. Oh, God. It looked like pheasant under glass. And then I woke up. I was about to say, and she whose pointed home did me. You go to? <laughs> she pointed me to my 1950s pantry, and I got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and some potato chips. <laughs> Do you know what? You know what? I like potato chips. Well, I like peanut butter and jelly. Bro, I think I might get some peanut butter and jelly whenever <laughs> we get done with this. It's pretty fantastic. You're the peanut butter to my jelly. Aww. Well, you're the bread to my peanut butter. This is getting a little weird. Let's move on. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a productive day for me though, because it's Thursday. So me and Chelsea work on all things unconventional. And well, who's Chelsea? Oh, <laughs> she's in the studio right now, so I'm kind of picking on her. Yeah, she's editing my podcast, a new mama podcast coming out on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sipping coffee and spilling tea. But anyway, so we've been doing that all day and I, I really was going to make... How'd you come up with that name? That's pretty clever. I didn't come up with it. Chelsea came up with it. Okay. Well, it's less <laughs> clever now. I'm just kidding. Um, and I thought it was fantastic. But anyways, so in the midst of my productiveness... Can I just interject that you should probably never insult the person that's going to edit the podcast? For real. Should you just edit it out and make it sound like I just went, her? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but in the midst of all of my productiveness, I was very unproductive as far as dinner goes. So. Well, I hope so, everybody's having a good day, good week, so on and so forth. And... We've got an excellent podcast lined up for you today, <clears throat> especially if you are currently a parent or plan to be a parent or hope to be a parent or have parents that are involved in your life. Everybody's got parents, but as I define parents, it's a verb. Not everybody has verb parents, so to speak, people that actually do the part because as um, a wise man once told me, what is a boomerang that doesn't come back? A stick. It's just a stick. It's not a boomerang. You can call it all you, a boomerang all you want to. But if you throw it and you throw it well and it doesn't come back to you, you just have a stick. And that's the same thing with parents or any other thing. 
You can call it whatever you want to call it. However, if it doesn't perform the role and function of what it was, it calls itself, then it's not really that. It just is what it is. And so today, the topic of the day is going to be about parenting, and here it is. Are you molding or leading your children? Now, molding sounds like what we, you know, it sounds positive. I'm, I'm shaping them, I am molding them and who they, into who they need to be. Isn't that God's job, though? Well, he pretty plainly says in the scripture that I am, I am the potter, you are the clay. And sometimes we begin to feel like we are, man, I'm, I'm going to hesitate to even say this, but. We're the God of our children. Yeah, like we're, we're God, God in our children's life. Remember that your little people have a special relationship that is unique between them and God. And the older they get into the ages of accountability, it's more just about them and God than it is you being the place of the shaper of their life. You can point them in the right direction. You can give them great advice. But if you're just molding and shaping a little version of you, what do you do if there are parts of you that are still not whole, that are broken or dysfunctional? Hmm. Are you shaping that? Are you reproducing that? And then later you're trying to call it a generational curse or a spirit of rebellion or something when really it's what you built. You just carbon copied yourself, all your dysfunction, all your hurts, your insecurities. You put it all in there. You did that. So that, so I guess that's a good question then. You know, how, you know how many, I'm going to start it this way. You know how many times I've heard, and I said it before I had kids, but have you ever heard a parent say, I'm not letting any kid of mine play soccer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not only did I let my kid play soccer, I took him to soccer practice. I cheered him on. I played soccer with him. I spent money on soccer equipment. And if he wants to do it next Tuesday, next Tuesday, I'll be at soccer. Right. Okay. And we talked about it on the podcast before, but it's co-signing their dreams. That's right. And I feel like that goes along with it. That's not necessarily, that's not molding them, but um, what is the other? Leading. Leading. Yeah. I want to get to leading in a minute. Let me talk a little bit more about molding. So a lot of what parents are doing is just trying to create mini-me's. But let me ask you something. And I've seen parents interrupt God's plans for kids multiple times. For yeah. instance, perhaps God is beginning to deal with your kid that his purpose for them is to be a military chaplain. Oh. You know, to be a military chaplain, there's this thing you got to do. Serve in the military. you got to sign up. you got to go to boot camp, too, don't you? Yeah, you have to do a whole nine yards. You have to serve in the military. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. You can be deployed. Here's the thing. Here's the deal. If that's where God is calling them to be, then your feelings about how unsafe the Marine Corps is or... You wouldn't advise that branch. It would be better if you went into this branch. That's nice. Did you ask your child if they've been praying about it? Yeah. 
you know, here, here's another example. Maybe God starts to deal with the young person. Maybe they're they're God is dealing with them about being maybe a missionary. Yeah. What what if God has put it in their heart that they need to be a doctor? But you think trade school is the answer for everything. Cuz it's what worked for you. I was a plumber, daddy was a plumber, my daddy was a plumber. Um what if that has nothing to do with God's destiny and purpose for their life? The family business. I think you see that you see that a lot. You'll follow in my yeah. footsteps because I followed in my parents' footsteps. But yeah, at some point they have to be who God created them to be. I, and if he created them to be you know part of the the family business, which obviously we have a desire um we have a couple of businesses that we are wanting to create um and build from the ground up and i would love yeah. nothing more than oliver or wyatt to want to continue those businesses whenever we are ready to retire but if that's not what god has called them to do then so be it we'll we'll hire someone else that wants to do it absolutely and so that's molding right like I'm going to mold you into who you need to be. There's a lot of connotations there of I'm going to self-will this thing. I'm going to see this through. I'm going to push this 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 wheelbarrow full of rocks up the hill if it goes kicking and screaming. That's not what you were called to do. Listen to me. You were called to lead your children, to show them in, to teach them in the way that they should go. Proverbs 22:6. You were you were you were to to train them up, train them Training has to do with demonstration. Show them the way to go. And when they are old, they'll not depart from this truth that they've been imparted. But let me tell you something else. They also aren't going to depart from the the bad habits you impart to them. The um, broken places that you try so hard to sell in your house as completely normal. They may end up like me and be... 38 years old and figure out wow that was really dysfunctional yeah. why did we accept that we accepted it because in my house and many other homes it was just set up where you know whatever dad says yeah that just became law and truth yeah well no that's not true and it's not the way i'm going to govern my house and it's not the way that we're going to i i would not recommend that what i would recommend is that you lead you lead in the principles that the Bible lays out, love, understanding, proper discipline, grace, grace, mercy, yeah, do you and restoration Oliver, you and Oliver have this thing where like if he's in trouble um and you've taught him since he was a young age, oh he was and, three when I taught him it, okay i knew I knew he was young, and it was you are in trouble. You deserve discipline, like punishment, punishment. There you go to be grounded or to be put in a corner or what have it. But I am going to show you grace. Oh, no, I'd let him choose. Okay, there you go. I'd let him choose. I'd say you can have punishment or grace. And he's in every time. Which one do you want? Yeah. And he would sniffle and cry through the word grace. grace. Yeah. I'd give him a hug and I'd say. My modern day version of go and sin no more. Right. 
I'd say, no, I don't want to, I don't want to see you doing this again. Because I'm a human being. My grace is going to run out and I'm going to have to punish you. Yeah. It just, it burdens me that most parental situations are the result of this. We got married. Not, not me and you, I'm saying. <laughs> we as people. Yeah. <laughs> we got married because we wanted to have guiltless sex. And oh, by the way, we think we're in love. <laughs> I'm I'm telling the truth. In the process of having guiltless sex, biblical sex, right? We have kids. Here they are. And I'm just gonna kind of figure it out as I go. And it, it burdens me that you have to take hours upon hours of instruction to learn how to operate a Ford truck. But you don't have to be qualified to turn a light switch on to become a parent. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't know that there's, there's a societal way to set it up, but I feel like you should have to take a course or a class or something to be able to reproduce. Now, uh, I mean, is that, is that overbearing? Of course, absolutely. But we're not, you know, I'm not talking about setting it up through the government, but I am saying that if you're serious about being a good parent, why would you not read a parenting book? Why would yeah. you not search out everything the Bible says about it? Yeah. Why would you not listen to the Unconventional Family podcast? Yeah. Right? No, absolutely. <laughs> so so what tends to happen is people rock along, they do what they know to do. And a lot of times what they know to do is just exactly what their mother and father did. Right. Well, what if what your mother and father did is extremely dysfunctional? Or not correct. Yeah. Leading. It's really not hard. It's really not. Yeah. I feel like molding is like this. Because to mold something, you have to break it. You have to break it down to like a soft, liquidy form. And I don't feel like parenting is always having to break something down to mold it into to what you want it to be. Leading is being able to figure out the calling that God has put on their life and be able to help them walk out what God has has laid in front of them, the path that God has laid in front of them. And that's leading. Be able to see who God has intended for them to be and help them become that person. John Maxwell says leadership is nothing more and nothing less than influence. Do I have influence in someone's life? Yes or no. If I do, I'm a leader to them. I would say when I'm leading Oliver, that it's a lot like this. Look at me, son. If you have to walk through heartbreak, look at me. I've walked through it. I'll show you how to walk. If you if you if you don't know what to do with your anger, come look at me. I, I I'm I'm walking through some of the same things too. If you want to know how to treat your wife, just look at what I did here. Let me show you what God says about it. Look at me. 
Look at me. I'm going to get out in front. If, if, if we have to cross some danger, I'm going first. You can step where I step, but you could also step somewhere else if, if you're sure that's where God's taking you. But I just want to get out in front. I'll put the bullseye on my back. I'll take the arrows for you. I'm willing to. If there's pain, I'll take the pain so that you know how to go through it. If there's, if there's, um, if you need to learn how to be faithful, you'll be able to look at my example. I've been faithful not just for me, I've been faithful for you. So you have a reference point. You can look back and say, my daddy loved my mama. When you're old and gray, you can say, man, I'm not going to quit because of what the example he showed me. You're not going to marry the same type of woman. You're not going to marry. Um, there's going to be emotions in your life that are overwhelming, and I hope that you can go back and review your memories of what I did. And you can look and say, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad did it this way. That gives me a reference point. It gives me a, a beacon. It gives me a guiding a guide a guiding light to look at. It gives me some kind of reference to say, this is the direction I should go. But if he needs to go a little bit different direction, I nor you can be offended by that. Go your way. Live your life. Walk. But if you need help walking, I'll walk with you. Yeah. Lead by example, not lead with an iron fist. Or a heavy hand or demanding it. You should want or your kids should want to follow you and look up to you. It shouldn't be, oh, I have to kind of thing. Obviously, whenever they're little, they have to obey what we say. But as far as leading in your example, it should be something that they want to do. I don't think it should be out of fear. There's a lot of kids that are absolutely terrified of their parents. Mm -hmm. And I think I think there's a boundary where they shouldn't be scared of you. They should respect you. And it's the same way that we have respect and reverence for God. And I know the Bible says to fear God. It's a different kind of fear. But it's not a fear as in I'm scared of you. It's that you are mighty and all-powerful and all-knowing. And I think people are like, oh, you know, like I'm scared of God and my parents or my kids need to be scared of me. It's it's not, it, it, there shouldn't be, like you're like, oh, the fear of God is in them. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, it should be the respect of God is in my kids for their parents, right? Absolutely. Let me pivot mid-conversation and talk about something that is similar to this. But you, you brought up ruling with an iron fist, and I want to talk about the rigidity of rules that are unnecessary. Being super rigid on rules that really don't matter. And here's what I mean. It, people... <laughs> Sometimes parents have these ineffective rules for their kids and their kids' friends. Like, well, your friend can come around here, but they're not going to be cussing in this house. You say, well, Jason, should you just let kids run around cussing? If they need to cuss to express themselves a little bit, 
if I need to put up with a little bit of untamed, wild feralness out of a kid for a little while with flexibility. See, in love, there is always flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> in rigidity, there is always law and pain. But in flexibility, if I can be easygoing about that, I can circle back to the young man or woman after I have friendship and relationship and influence, and I can teach them why they don't need to come into somebody's house who's older than them and speak a certain type of way. But you cannot expect somebody to come in raw and make some kind of big rule about something. Make, well, you know, in this house, we don't blah, blah, blah. I really don't have a big list of that. Okay. <laughs> no, in, and I think too. You've had you've had this conversation with Wyatt, and I can't remember if one of his friends was over or not. Um, but obviously, he's older. He's eighteen now, so him and his friends are just a little bit rougher around the edges. <laughs> and I I specifically remember you telling them when Mammy is present, you need to watch the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yes. There are things that aren't acceptable to say. In Here's front how of I a delivered woman. that though. I told him, I said, guys, part of being a man is understanding appropriate timing of what you're going to say and when you're going to say it. Yeah. And, uh, in the presence of ladies, it's better that you don't speak this way. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Rather than the way certain fathers probably would have handled it. You are not. And if I hear it again, what like your whole tone is like oh, or what like i'm going back in time come at me bro <laughs> i'm going back in time and this may not be fun fun to say or you know for certain people to hear but i remember being 18 years old and i was about 225 pounds and I lifted weights and I ran all the time. <laughs> I ate like I was supposed to. I worked at a skate. All I did was skate all day. <laughs> hey, we should get you a pair of skates. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> skate on these Bartlett streets if you wanted to. No, I'd, I'd, I'd be a, a casualty of the pothole. <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, my dad, in some of his discipline... He felt like the best way to combat minor teenage rebellion was to reach over, grab my arm real tight, spin me around, pull me in close, always grit his teeth, look down at me, and get this tone like like a man would challenge another man. And I'm 40, and I haven't changed my mind about this. Yeah. I haven't changed my mind about this. So this isn't teenage or 20-year-old lingering rebellion. I guess my question would be, or what? Like, and people have these cute things where, oh, my dad's tough. And what, what are you going to do? Or like, what's this? Grab you by the arm, spin you. Around? What is all that about? Are you trying? Where are we headed with this? Because, like I said, five ten, two twenty five, and 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 an athlete. You you. This is where you're headed with this. Yeah. It is unnecessary. You say, well, you're not, well, that's not good to say that. Well, he wasn't right about that. 
If you have to grit your teeth and speak through them with a growl every time you want to get somebody straight, you are failing at what you are doing. Love you, but you're failing. If your children walk on eggshells and are so nervous about what you're going to say about a misstep, let's just settle this in for a second. A miscalculation, an oversight, a misstep, a slight step out of bounds of the rules, and they're freaked out about how you're going to be about it? (laughs) You might be a good person in general, but in that situation, you're a bully. And one day, that kid is not going to tolerate it. And as you age, they won't have the relationship with you that you want them to have. <laughs> and you'll sit on your, you'll, you'll, you'll get up on your hill if you're full of pride. And you'll say, well, I never compromised. I told them this is how it was going to be. Good for you. You compromised in what? You lost influence. And if influence is leadership, you lost your ability to lead. Because once they become an adult, you don't have positional leadership anymore. You have to make it relational. Because they don't have to listen to you when they're 27. Even the Bible says they don't know. I have to honor, show respect, but I do not obey. Right. And I think, too, we are able to come at this. And when we first started parenting, whenever the boys first came to live with us, we began to parent a lot of ways more so with like an iron fist. And we just, we didn't quite know the rope yet. We became parents overnight. We didn't even have time to plan for it. And it was just like... You had nine months, uh, most of you. I had nine days. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just quick. But I will tell you this. We learned quickly that that is not who we wanted to be. And... There are things that we have taken strong stands on that I feel like are moral things. And then there are a lot of things that I I remember saying, you know, before we were parents, oh, my kids will never do that. My kids will never do that. My kids will never do that. And I'm like, holy buckets, like, why didn't someone tell me? And they may have that it changes whenever you're a parent. And I think that's the thing is if if you are that iron fisted and like that straight line parent, like this is the way it is. We're never going to change it. Just be able to be flexible and learn and grow through it. And I thank God that we were able to grow through it because now with Wyatt, it was different. We had to do a lot of undoing from the way that he was previously raised. So we had to be a little bit harder to get some things in order like thus and so is not going to happen um in this house because th- that's why we're here that's why you're living with us but a lot of times people's super rules are about how it makes them look that's true and and that's something too <laughs> if you're a prideful person or you're worried Uh-oh. about what people are going to think about you then you want your kids to live up to like this high expectation i will quote to you a quote of a man that I know. (laughs) And I quote, well, 
If they decide to get sleeve tattoos, they're not sitting at my dinner table. If I have guests, they'll make me look like I don't know how to be a parent. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, stuff like that, it's, you care too much what other people think. Um, And so I don't base any of my parenting on what other people are going to think about it. There are kids. We will parent them, obviously, the way that we want to. And we will use the Bible as our number one guide. But then we are constantly learning and reading. And we've had to figure out a lot. You know, we um, had always said before we had children, yeah, we, you know, we'll have corporal punishment. We'll spank our kids. Well, you get into a situation like us and it's a court order. You're not laying your hand on the kids because of what they've been through. So you learn other avenues. And I thank God for that because we were able to have a complete mindset change on how to raise children and how to discipline them in a different way. Yeah, I had somebody, we got one more thing to tell you. I had somebody ask me, (laughs) well, do you think you would think differently about parenting if you had been a real parent? I hate that word. Oh my God. That's something I will die on the heel on. (laughs) As if, as if. We're fake um, parents? No, I mean, as if. As if your way of becoming a parent was somehow harder. Let me tell you what we missed. (laughs) We missed infancy. That's all. Which is the hardest part, I feel like. I feel like it's not. That's just for you people that are sleep princesses. Yeah. Well, like... It is hard whenever your kid can't tell you what's we're wrong gonna with just, them and stuff. We're just going to disagree. I don't feel like infancy is hard. What do you think is the no, hardest No, part? stay on your heel. Stay there. Oh. Don't change your opinion because of me. I'm... I disagree with you. I think it's the easiest part of the whole experience. You think? I do. It's only disruptive to your sleep. That's true. But then I think it's like, if Oliver doesn't feel good, he can tell me he doesn't feel good. <laughs> Like, a baby can't tell you that. What do you think is the hardest part? Transition. Any transition. Oh, from, like, baby to toddler. Mm -hmm. Toddler to child. You have to shift five times as a parent. Yeah. But here's what I was going to say. That's all I missed. Let me tell you what you missed. Not you, Amanda. (laughs) I was given four years to prepare for teenage years. You had 13. <laughs> yeah. You missed CPS digging through your closet, literally. Yeah, and refrigerator and stuff. You missed court appointments and therapy appointments. And you missed having to build a bond with someone you did not create nor carry. You missed having to question yourself all the time. Am I good enough? Because, you know, we, we're not really related. You missed the most spiteful, ridiculous, victim-minded, entitled, nasty people 
saying all manner of evil against you because you tried to do something right. But I didn't miss becoming a parent because <laughs> yeah. I have changed diapers. I have rocked to sleep. I have kissed boo-boos. I have been at every sporting event. I have guided them through broken heart, holidays, vacations, travel, learning how to shave, learning how to put up lawn, all of it. A parent nonetheless. And I, I think actually becoming a parent the way we became a parent, actually, to be real honest with you, I actually think that it forced me to be a much better parent than I would have been. Yes. No, I, I am very grateful and thankful to God the way that it happened. It changed us together and still is. We're, I mean, we're st- still learning how to do this. Like, I feel like some parents are like, oh, I'm going to have it all figured out. You've never been a parent before if it is your first child. So you and the child are going to learn. And this is something I told Oliver. I don't know. It's probably been two or three years ago. And we were both just having a bad day. Like, it just, it wasn't going our way. He was being a little turd. I was probably being very grumpy. And at the end of the day, I told him, I said, have you ever been a kid before? And he said, no. And I said, I've never been a mommy before. And I said, can we learn and can we do this together and and kind of grow together with this because neither one of us have ever done this and he's like yeah and so you know he gave me a little bit of grace and I gave him a little bit of grace that's beautiful but and I just explained to him and so maybe if you and your kid are having a bad day just ask him have you ever been a kid before well no no they haven't (laughs) so just (laughs) grow with them learn with them Give them grace and just love the dog mess out of them. And wipe it off their shoes. The dog mess? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After you love them. All right. Today's Mount Rushmore is the top TV parents. I've been ready to get here. The top four TV parents of your life. Would you like to go first, Mama? Yeah. You ready? I'm ready for you. All right. This is no particular order. Oh, I'm putting mine in an order. Okay, I can't. I can't put mine in order because I love them all. Okay. Go ahead. Chrisley, Todd, and Julie Chrisley. That man, he, he is hilarious. He has very high standards for his children. But I don't think anyone has maybe more (laughs) grace and love for their kids than this man. Sure. And her. And 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 Julie. Yeah, absolutely. She I think she's a little bit more on the grace side, but he wants to see them be the absolute best person they can possibly be. And he gets behind every dream. Both of them, him and his wife, get behind every dream that their kids have. That was my only reality um, TV parents. Now, for my scripted ones, it is Carl, and I cannot remember the mom's name. Harriet. Harriet, yes, from Family Matters. 
Carl and Harriet from Family Matters were fantastic parents. Phil and I... Is her name Vivian? Or Vivian. Viv- okay. From Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Not only fantastic parents to their children, but to their <laughs> nephew. I yep. almost said niece. Yep. To their nephew, Mr. Will Smith, the Fresh Prince himself. <laughs> they were excellent parents to him. And then another set of parents that are my TV parents. They, they're an unconventional family as well, but it's Reba and Brock. <laughs> they're divorced parents <laughs> because he is a cheating heifer. He's a flatline cur dog. Yeah, but they made it work and they were great parents and they always put their kids first. She did. If he put his kids first, he wouldn't have been stepping out on her with Barbara Jean. Yeah, but, but he stuck around. Yeah, but it made for good TV, right? So, those are mine. All right, well, we have three of the same, and me and Amanda did not. Are you serious? Yeah, we did not consult each other. Shut up! <laughs> Number four, the one that is different. Number four, Tim and Jill Taylor from Home Improvement. Oh, man. Number three, Todd and Julie Chrisley. Okay. Number two, Carl and Harriet Winslow <laughs> from Family Matters. And number one, Phil and Vivian Banks from Fresh Prince. Holy cow. I'm going to read you something I found online about Uncle Phil and Vivian. Yeah. It says, Phil and Vivian were able to offset tough love with humor. <clears throat> Both of them knew when to be sensitive and when to be brutally honest and how to treat any child like their own. The lesson? One second you may be scolding your kids, the next you may be sharing a laugh, and that's okay. Learn to straddle the line of parent and friend as each is necessary. And now our next segment is the family tip of the day. Let's go! And here it is. I've got it. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Understand completely... Then react later. Take 24 hours to understand. Here's the deal. (laughs) Maybe not even 24, but here's the deal. Most people think they have to fix everything immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if I don't jump on that bad attitude right now! If I don't get on it right now! Well, if you don't get on it right now, what? It'll be there when you circle back around. Why don't you check some things out, you know, take a little time and address it when you're sitting down and calm. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to be dealt with right now. (laughs) You see some rebellion? Make a mental note. Dig around to what's going on in their life. Come back and crush it out later. Figure out why. In a spirit of love. Everything doesn't have to be addressed right now. I feel like the people that are like this are like the the what are we people. What are we? Yeah. You know, years ago you're dating. And this type of person has been dating you for 16 days and they're like, so what are we? (laughs) I am gone. (laughs) We are nothing. (laughs) People that want to define things all the time. Quickly. Are you on board? Are you signed up? (laughs) Ha 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 ha. I don't know. I haven't done my research. (laughs) We don't have to correct things so quickly in our kids. Correct them. 
but understand before you correct. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd put that in marriage as well, <laughs> in friendship and every aspect of life. Mama, take us out of here with a fantastic quote. Well, here's the problem. I have two. <laughs> and I feel like they are equally as great. Bring on both of them, baby girl. So, yeah, I'm not going to let one go. Your first obligation as a parent is not to bring chaos into your kids' lives. Preach. Unknown. Are, well, it's unknown? Yeah. Okay, Jason McCutcheon said that. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, where did we ever get the crazy idea that in order to make children do better, first we have to make them feel worse? Think of the last time you felt humiliated or treated unfairly. Did you feel like cooperating or doing better? Jane Nelson. Well, the answer is no. Is In that- fact... Oh, it's it's excellent. In fact, if if I am humiliated, it doesn't correct any behavior. My first response is, <laughs> Burp, you, and I walk out backwards with my hands in the air, and I'm like, see you later, sayonara. I hope you, like, trip over a tiny rock. I'm actually so much worse than that, and I really need to pray about this and become a better person. Yes, you should. <laughs> because no it's true it's true because anybody who's ever led me that led through humiliation I begin my plot on how to make them look foolish in many situations I'll give you an example I had a, I had a boss that walked a lot of houses that I built and he wrote on this big whiteboard WTF have you ever even walked in these houses? These are the biggest garbage houses. And he wrote it in front of all my coworkers and the trades and everything. That's what he did. What a jerk. Yeah. So, <laughs> not saying this is right. At the next meeting he had in front of several, and when I say several, like 20 people that he led, he kept pronouncing this floor plan the wrong way. <laughs> And so I just raised my hand and let me said, yes. <laughs> and I said, have you ever built this? I mean, how many times have you built this? Because you can't even say the name right. <laughs> and then <laughs> I would intentionally, like, give him wrong numbers and stuff on, like, stages so that he had to turn around and go report to his boss what stage it was at. And then his boss would be like, well, when I drove out there, it wasn't at that stage. And then they would call me up. I don't know. He got that wrong, I guess. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's not right. I'm not telling anybody to be like that. And that's not who you are anymore, right? No, I'm still that guy. (laughs) No, I'm definitely still that guy. Do not lead me from a place of iron fist or you're going to force your will on me or humiliation. I have not grown in my grace and walk with God to the point that I handle that the right way. So I'm going to be kind of a prick about it. And I'm not going to have a podcast and then just pretend to be somebody I'm not. That's me. And when it comes to parenting, I wouldn't want to humiliate either one of these boys. No. Because <laughs> it breeds, honestly, hatred. It does. It does. And I I will say, me personally, I have done it a few times and immediately gone 
why in the hell did you do that? Yeah. But it was that I I reacted quickly. Yep. Before understanding. Yep. And that'll get you in trouble every time. But you will get the most brutal honesty out of both of us. We are not going to pretend to be something we're not. What is it? What is it that you said I've been saying a lot lately? What's that the it, gist of it? That is who I am. Is that what I've been saying? It is who I am. 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 <laughs> it just sounds very philosophical. It is who we are. Oh, is that a is that a sentence? It, it is, is who uh, we are. It's who we be, homie. It's who we is. <laughs> All right, listen. Those were some fantastic quotes. I think we did good on quotes. Let's round this thing out. Let's get out of here. Let's go watch some Yellowstone. Fall asleep halfway through. And go put my CPAP on and get that back feeling right. Yeah. Tell everybody you'll see them next week. See you next week? Well, actually, we won't see them. I see through the podcast waves. You will hear us next week. (laughs) How about that? Y'all have a fantastic day. Peace. Peace.